0: I'm Sarah Litman. Welcome to Taurati Mecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today, we will be learning Divrei HaYamim Chronicles, Volume 1, Chapter 13. Chapter 12 concluded with the coronation of David HaMelech in Hebron, verses 40 and 41. And they remained there in Hebron with David for three days, eating and drinking, for their brothers had prepared for them, and the nearer ones, even including Yisachar, Zevulun, and Naphtali, brought bread, figs, raisins, wine, oil, and numerous cattle and sheep. Kisim chabi Yisrael, for there was joy in Israel. Chapter thirteen picks up David's activity following the conquest of Jerusalem, which was what had immediately followed David's acceptance as the king of all Israel. Verses one and two, David, and David took counsel with the officers over the troops of thousands and of hundreds, every leader. And David said to the entire community of Israel, If it appears right to you, and if Hashem our God wills it, Nifritza, Nishlecha, ala hanisharim hanisharim arzos Israel, let us send out far and wide for our brothers who remain in all the lands of Israel. And with them the Kohanim and the Levim in their cities and outskirts, let them gather to us. Verses 3 and 4. And let us transfer the ark of God to us, for we did not seek it out in the days of Sha'ul. And all the congregation said to do so, for this matter seemed right in the eyes of the people. Verse 6. Vay'al David. And David and all Israel went up to Ba'alah to Kiryas Arim in Yehudah. misham To bring up from there the ark of God. How could they go up both on the way from Jerusalem to Kiriath Arim, and also on the way from Kiriath Arim back to Yerushalayim? The term going up is not used here in a strictly geographic sense. David went up to Kiriath Arim because the Aron was there. It implies a spiritual ascent. Bringing the Aron to Yerushalayim is, too, a spiritual climb. But why was the Aron in Kiriath Arim? We learn in the first volume of Shemuel that after the battle in which the Plishtim took the Aron, the Ark, hostage, God smote them with plagues, the Plishtim ultimately returned the Aron to Israel, to the city of Kiryas Arim. In the meantime, the Mishkan, the tabernacle at Shiloh, was deconstructed and eventually rebuilt for the time being at Giv'on. And thus, the Aron was now separated from the Mishkan and the rest of the holy vessels, and the service of the offerings. According to Radak, this anomalous situation continued for 20 years. The idea of moving the aron began with David. However, by seeking the advice from the people, he allowed them to share in the undertaking. King David is setting a pattern for his rule. It's defined by care for both the spiritual and the physical well-being of his people. Kilo durashnuhu bimei sha'ul, he says, David has his eye on a glaring omission. During all of Shaul's reign, no one has been actively seeking out the honor of the Aron, the Ark housing the original tablets from Sinai. The Ark is described here in verse 6 as the Ark of God Hashem, whose glory is enthroned upon the Kruvim atop the Aron, where God's tangible presence in the world is manifest. The Torah commands us in Devarim, chapter twelve, leshichno Sidrishu, to seek out God's presence. The midrash there explains, derosh umatzah, seek it and find it. David sees God directly in his life at all moments. Just a quick look into his writings in Tehillim makes that very clear, and so he seeks to bring the Aaron to Jerusalem to give it a more prominent place than in Avinadav's house in Kiryas Arim, He can do it on his own, but it would be better for the people if they were to build up their wish to be in God's presence. It would open their hearts and minds if they were to seek the Aaron too. And therefore, Vayivu'atz David, David conferred with the people. He gave them the opportunity to want it too. In verse 3, David says, Venoseba es Aaron elokenu elenu. Let us transfer, or turn, the Aaron of the Lord towards us. This word naseba is pretty unusual. We just saw a variant of it in chapter 12, verse 24. They came to David in Hebron, lehasev, to transfer, or to turn, the direction of the kingdom of Shaul to David. It appears also in chapter 10, verse 14, as vayasev es hamlucha David ben Yishai, and God transferred or turned the kingship to David, son of Ishai. Says Rav Moshe Eisman, just as the first two uses of Vayasev and Lehasev imply the beginnings of a completely new stage of monarchy, David here is communicating that a changed attitude is required towards the ark and its reign. He tells the leaders, You have looked after yourselves by providing yourselves a king to look after your welfare. Now it's time to look after the respect due to God. It is also possible that just as previously the term was used to mean transferring the honor and privilege of serving the people to David, here it may mean transferring the honor and the privilege of serving God to the people and to David their king. Verses 7 and 8 And they put the ark of God to ride upon a new wagon from the house of Avinadov And Uzzah and Achio drove the wagon. And David and all Israel rejoiced before God with all their might, and with songs, harps, nevalim, which are wind instruments, tupim, a percussion instrument, cymbals and trumpets. The scene is jubilant, it's inspired. The king himself seeks to make God and God's service central to his life and his nation. And therefore he escorts the Aaron personally with joy and song to Jerusalem. His decision to bring the ark in a wagon is astonishing, and it turns out to be a terrible miscalculation on David's part. According to Bamidbar chapter 7, the holiest vessels of the Mishkan were carried by the Levite family of Kahas. They were to be carried on their shoulders, never in carriages. Why would David have ever considered transporting the Aron in any other way? The Gemara in Sotah 35a tells us that David's real error— was that he said, in Tehillim 119, Zmiros hayuli chukecha beves megurai, Your laws were songs for me in my home. While David's pleasure in the Torah and its laws is inspiring, the comparison falls short, reflecting a fine lack of sober respect for the seriousness of the law, or perhaps some pride in David's familiarity with all aspects of the halacha, And thus God popped the bubble of that pride, and failed to prevent him from making a basic error in a law that even schoolchildren could be expected to know. The Vilna Gaon suggests that David may have reasoned that the Aaron was carried on the shoulders of the people in the wilderness because they were on such a high level of sanctity that they were worthy to be direct bearers of the divine presence in contact with the vessels. But since then, and with the natural decline during the intervening generations— David thought that humans could no longer merit to bear the weight of the Aaron, Thus he decided to transport the Aaron by wagon. And after all, notes the Mefarish, the Aaron had just recently been transported by wagon by the plishtim, with no apparent ill effect. Verses 9 and 10 And when they reached the threshing floor of Kidon, and Uzzah, who was one of the two people driving the wagon, put out his hand to grab hold of the Aron, because the oxen wobbled, And the anger of God flared against Uzzah, and Hashem struck him down for stretching his hand out upon the ark, and he died there before God. The scene previously light and joyous with song and dance turns dark and tragic. The messaging is mixed. On the one hand, Uzzah's righteous enough that he was selected to transport the Aaron, and Uzzah's described as having died lifnei Hashem before God, implying that he was a tzaddik, a righteous person in service of God. And, after all, he was putting his hand out in a protective gesture. What could possibly be wrong with that? Yet, clearly something is wrong. It seems that Uzzah's fault was that he did not have a strong enough consciousness of God's presence. He didn't maintain adequate awareness of the Ark's sanctity. The primary fault lay in Uzzah's thoughts. Some jobs require extreme amounts of training, alertness, focus, skill, and constant awareness of the risks of failure. Brain surgery, piloting a commercial jetliner, cooling a nuclear power plant, designing a suspension bridge, calculating the orbit of a space rocket. These are examples that come to mind. Approaching the Holy Ark of God, suffused with God's tangible presence, is another. Thus, the Arun is never directly touched, and even the Yom Kippur service is tense with the approach of the Kohen Gadol near the Arun in the Holy of Holies. The Arun creates a focus it defines a space into which God's blessings and support flow into the world. It is the ultimate locus of God's strength and power in this world. The Ark requires nothing of our support. Thus, the Gemara comments on our chapter, The Aron was perfectly capable of carrying itself, and even of carrying those who bore it on their shoulders. Ha'aron no se es nos The Aron carries its carriers, a miracle seen when the Jews crossed the Jordan River. Amar Loha Kaddush And so God says to him, Uzza, the Aaron carried its carriers. It can surely carry itself. Says Rav Moshe Eisman in the arts girl Hayamim. The ark is the one point in a physical world at which the curtains part, and the truth, incontrovertible and undeniable, shines through. As Ibn Ezra explained, the ark is presence. Asher Nikrashim. The name of God is upon it. It carries its bearers. It is bereft of physical dimensions. It is, in short, an otherworldly ambassador into the realm of the physical. For one who is blind to even that shining light, there is indeed no hope. Uzzah's hand, in reaching for the Ark, cried out louder than words to all present that Uzzah thought that God couldn't take care of himself, let alone others. And in that context, Uzzah's act is a grave chilol Hashem, a desecration of God's holy name, Nonetheless, when all is said and done, concludes the Gemara, ma le'olam kayam, af uza Olam kayam, just as the Ark lives forever, so too does Uza, Klamar l'chaye Olam haba, in the next world. Radak, along similar lines, understands Kishamtu habakar, because the cattle shook, or wobbled, to mean literally that, the cattle shook, but the aron did not, it was in no danger itself. Kisham to Habakar, the oxen shook so hard that their joints dislocated because of the proximity to the Aron. But the Aron itself, it remained steady. Verses 12 through 14. And David had fear of God on that day. And he said, How can I bring the ark of God to me? So David did not transfer the ark near himself to the city of David, but he directed it to the house of Ovid edom the Giti, and the Ark of God stayed with the household of Ovid-Edom in his house for three months, and Hashem blessed the house of Ovid-Edom and all that he had. Bame bercho, with what did God bless the household of Ovid-Edom, ask our sages. Well, if we look ahead to chapter 26, we'll read, For the divisions of the gatekeepers, from the family of Korach, Meshelem Yahu the son of Kore from the sons of Asaph, and Meshelem Yahu had sons, Zechar Yahu the firstborn, Yedael the second, Zavadiahu, the third, Yasniel, the fourth, Elam, the fifth, Yehohanan the sixth, El-Yohanai, the seventh, Ulaovid Edom Bonim, and Ovid Edom had sons, Shemaya, his firstborn, Yehozavad, the second, Yoach, the third, and Sachar, the fourth, and Nisanel, the fifth, Amiel, the sixth, Yisachar, the seventh, Peulosai the eighth, Kivercho Elokim, for God had blessed him. And Shemaiah, his son, also had sons. They exercised leadership in the family. They were men who were gibore chayel, of outstanding quality and strength. The sons of Shemaiah were Osni and Riphael, and Oved, Elzavad, his brothers, all b'nei men of quality, Elihu and Samachyahu. All of these were sons of Oved Edom, they, their sons and their brothers, men of exceptional strength for service, 62 of Oved Edom, 62 children and grandchildren, and all of them Yishchail Bakoach la'avoda, children with strength, children effective, children prepared to serve, Shishimushnaim La Edom, 62 to Oved Edom. Chamos, Ovid Edom's wife, and her eight daughters-in-law were all blessed with many strong, healthy, righteous children during the short time, three months, that the Aaron was in their home, each of them giving birth to multiples. As the Talmud puts it, Ovid Edom didn't have to provide the Aaron with food or drink. What he gave the Aaron was respect. Whereas Uzzah died in proximity to the ark, Ovid Edom and his family were blessed with life in proximity to the Ark. As always in Divri Hayamim, it's not the wealthy, the brilliant, or the strong who are the noble heroes of the Jewish nation. Not in Ezra's eyes. Being a Naaman, being faithful and true. That's what makes people into the greatest heroes of all. Vashava in Ovid Edomveso Shlosha Khdashim, the Ark of the Lord stayed in the home of Ovid Edom in his house for three months. Vaevara Hashem Espa Ovid Edom, ve and God blessed the house of Ovid Edom and all that were his. Thank you for learning together with me, Lee Nishma's Rose foreman, Razel Rachel Bas Ari Leib, and Rachel Zeitlin.